0: Welcome to St James, a Scottish Episcopal Church in Leith. This podcast is an edited recording of our Sunday morning service from Sunday December 24th. For news and information and to find out how to join us please visit stjamesleith.org.uk
1: Welcome to everyone this morning, particularly visitors here in church, uh, and also welcome to everyone at home. I think that's the camera we can wave to. Uh, It's lovely to have you uh, with us on the fourth Sunday uh, of Advent, and as Suzanne said, it's all a bit weird having Christmas Eve on a Sunday and then Christmas Day tomorrow, but as as, uh, Suzanne said, it gives us two chances to worship God. So we're going to start our service in the usual way, a singing bowl uh, is uh, sung as it were and we just have a moment's quiet to prepare our hearts and minds uh, to worship God. welcome to all, to friend and stranger, to visitor, to those at home, a welcome in the name of Jesus. We gather together, putting our trust in the grace and mercy of God. Amen. So please stand for our opening song, In the Darkness, Sharing God's Christmas Light, Shining Through Us, Sharing God's Christmas Light. the visitors uh, present we're not lighting the second candle of Advent. Um, It's a thing that a number of churches certainly um, in the Holy Land are doing but also Methodist Church, Church of Scotland uh, United Reformed uh, as a way of saying that uh, we can't really just carry on business as usual with what's going on um, in the Holy Land and a way of remembering the victims particularly in Gaza but also all the victims of conflict uh, in Israel, Palestine, but also throughout the world. Um, there are other terrible atrocities happening in, in Central Africa and elsewhere. So it's a way for us really to, to uh, maybe think about that as we light the other candles and don't light the uh, second candle to, uh, in our own thoughts and minds uh, to pray about the situation there. So, today is the fourth Sunday of Advent, which is the Sunday of celebrating Mary's obedience and trust. And Sally is going to be reflecting on that later on. It is also the Advent Sunday celebrating God's love. So, we light this candle today to remind us that God is love. And we thank God for the hope that He gives us, for the peace He bestows and for the love he pours into our hearts, and also the, sorry, the joy he pours into our hearts, and for the love that redeems us and shows us the way. <laughs>
2: Reading is from Second Book of Samuel, chapter seven, beginning at verse one. Now, when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, "See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent." Nathan said to the king, "Go." Do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt. To this day, but I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people of Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you. And I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may live in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks Thanks be to to God. God mm mm-hmm.
3: The Gospel is taken from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. Now, the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man, and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfil what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. This is the gospel, good news for all.
4: Uh, before I start, I have a little uh, challenge for you. I'd like you to be thinking of a song or a track that is your one song that will get you up on the dance floor. okay You're not going to have to dance or anything, but I just if you could have that in mind you're, you're irresistible if you've got an irresistible song, just have that in your back, the back of your mind because uh, we'll need it later. OK So um, I'd like to begin with a confession. This is a confession from me. It's about three years since my last confession. And uh, various times in my life when I've been to confession, oddly enough, lots and lots of different priests have said to me, Now what you really need is a relationship with Mary. And I thought, I don't really fancy this. At all, I don't. I resisted this. I, I didn't like the idea of it. I don't. I had this idea of Mary. Maybe it's an idea a lot of us have had, which is actually based on a statue, isn't it? It's uh, statues and images of Mary, not a real person, or somehow perfect and um, yeah, wooden. You know, not 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 real. And yeah, I didn't like this. And there's something about a big institution that's come up with this idea of a woman. Maybe people who've got issues with women, issues with their mothers, all this kind of thing, this, is, this was my idea of Mary. So I was letting what a big patriarchal institution said about a woman get in my way, the way of my relationship with a woman. Um, so that seems not ideal, really. Um, and also, I don't think that idea of Mary is what we see here. I don't think it's what we hear in the readings today. And, um, In case you were concentrating too hard on your singing, I might just read a bit of the Magnificat again. Um, This is from the Message translation, other translations are available. Mary said, I am bursting with God news. I'm dancing the song of my Saviour God. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I am the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. The God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses and pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet. The callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered and piled on the mercies, piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now." So it's not a very meek speech, is it? And. it sort of makes you realize maybe why it might be worth silencing for 2,000 years or so. And I think over time, my relationship with Mary has grown, and and a few things have changed that. Um, Doing pastoral work, as I did for a long time in the Catholic Church, I spoke to a lot of people who... We're in a really deep relationship with Mary. You know, elderly ladies who'd lost their husbands for 50 years and it was their relationship with Mary that were keeping them going. And you can't dismiss that. You know, you, you have to value that experience. And also globally, all over the world, some of the poorest, most struggling parts of the world where Christianity is really vibrant, it's Mary's picture they've got on their walls. You know, it's, it's Mary they're in a the relationship with. And I think, when I was doing chaplaincy, and I used to think i can 't do this, you know i can 't go into these places where everybody 's sad i can 't bear it anymore, this idea of um, Mary at the end of her story, or you know the end of the story we know about just being presence at the cross, you know, thats she's just there, that idea of the call to just be in it sometimes, there's nothing to be done, there's nothing to be said, you can just be in it. I I find that quite inspiring. And so, over time, as I say, this relationship for me has changed, and I think there's something about, you know, even if you don't want to identify with Mary, there's something about looking to um, perhaps that mothering side of god you know which we've spoken about here before and i think for me and i don't know about other people there's something about a, a part of yourself you know if those of us who are parents we we have to learn to parent sometimes without having to learn to do that to ourselves you know without doing that first you know it's that thing about putting your own oxygen mask on or whatever it's not it's not an easy thing to to learn to do and i think i would say my my prayer life and my relationship with mary means that those times of like, i can't do it i don't know what to do you know it's all too much actually hearing that voice that says just have a sandwich, you know, um, or I think perhaps you need a nap, you know um, and also in really difficult things, you know what I might say as a parent, I'm learning to hear for myself, you know that oh, it's horrible, and I can't make it right, and I can't fix it, and they're being mean to me. It's. I think maybe you need to find someone new to play with, you know you need, you need some someone do something nicer and and maybe that's part of you know that's something that can be really beneficial, or it's certainly been beneficial to me. And I think another illustrative example is, I don't know if you've had that thing where you can't sleep. Do you ever have that thing where you can't sleep, usually if you've got a partner who's snoring or something? um, I bet bet there's a lot of that in here, actually, I would would suspect, yeah. Um, And I don't know if you've ever done the thing where you can't sleep, so you say, oh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pray, I'll, I'll use this time for prayer. And if you do that and you pray to God, your Father, what I find is he'll have you chatting all night. You'll never get to sleep. However, and this is a bit of a challenge to you, if you think I'll say the rosary, you, you, won't, get three, you won't get three Hail Marys in. You'll be out like a light. And I, <laughs> and I, uh, and I like to think that like she, your mother just wants you in bed. You know, <laughs> she just wants you asleep. But... Um, If this is uh, my last bit of this is all quite Catholic. My last bit of Catholic thing that I wanted to mention today is um, listening to our gospel. That St Joseph, St Joseph is the patron saint of changed plans, and I think this is a really helpful idea as well. Um, that, That there's there's a there's a person for that. I think that's really comforting at this time of year where we all find, you know, we can't control anything and, and nothing is nothing's going to plan. But also, um, yeah, all of the people in our readings today experience some kind of interruption. You know, nothing is as they thought it was going to be. Uh, First of all, we hear Nathan, who's a bit similar to Mary when he says, you know, whatever you've got in mind, you do it, God's with you. It's a bit similar to, you know, Mary's, whatever you wish be done unto me. Um, But then this, you know, he has this interruption, he has this message of, no, it's not what you thought, you know, go and tell them that... um, you know, what I'm asking for is flexibility here. It's not, it's not what you had in mind. Don't build it like this. And God even saying, when have I ever asked for that? You know, when have I ever asked for that certainty? I'm, you know, I'm asking for flexibility from you. Um, and, and Nathan has to realize that he's just being part of a bigger story. In the same way that Joseph has to just be part of a bigger story. It isn't, you know, this is, none of this is what Joseph had imagined for his life. Um, And some of us in the heretics group, some people online as well, some of us in the heretics group recently were talking about forgiveness. And I mentioned an idea I'd read that forgiveness is letting go of the idea of how you wanted it to be. That that's what forgiveness is. And that if you let go of how you wanted it to be, you're actually making space for how God wants it to be. You're, you're making space for his, his creativity. Um, and that, this is really difficult, but it, it allows for, for God's bigger stories. It allows for us to be part of, of the bigger stories. And I think this is what Mary models so well for us or, or teaches us in the readings today. And I'd like to look about how she responds to this interruption and to this, um, this message that tells her things are not how she imagined. Um, so, first of all, she she questions it. She, she asks questions. She sort of argues a bit. She says, I don't think it... How can this be? She asks questions. And then she consents. She says, yes, it will let it be done. And I think this is really powerful because it shows that she thought her consent was worth giving. It shows that her relationship with God was such that she thought she was going to be listened to. And she could ask the questions and she could consent because we don't even bother to say yes or no to people we don't think are going to listen to us. You know, so she she had that relationship with God, and then we see her describe. You know, she's basing her decision on what she knows God is like, and this is a God who's primarily concerned with justice, who sees her, who's set his eyes on her, and sees injustice, and will respond, and is actively involved, and isn't impartial. They are. It's a God who's actively involved um, in the lives of the oppressed, and I think. Yeah, I think that... That's you know we can't we can't trust God until until we know what He's like and that that idea of a God who sees we see this over over and over again and from quite marginalised people remember Mary was poor she was probably you know of colour and um, in a marginalised position one of the first times we hear God named in Scripture is from Hagar who is again a marginalised poor woman and she describes she names God as He who sees me. He who's aware of my suffering and knows what's going on. And, and the, the woman at the well also knows who Jesus is because he's seen the stories of her life. So it's this idea of defining God even by seeing in the, being the one who sees injustice and sees, in suffer, sees a suffering and is with us in it. And so, uh, yeah, I'd like to suggest that this is, this is something that can inspire us as we deal with our own interruptions. Um, and, and things not being how we thought. It could be the teenagers who are not choosing any path of life that we would recognise as, as a way of doing things. It could be elderly relatives who are changing. They're becoming um, difficult to recognise characters in our lives that we are somehow then absorbing. Or um, the uninvited guests that's health challenges that um, alter our identities and, or the identities of the, the sense of, of who we are or of people we care about. These are all interruptions that we've somehow got to absorb. And, and I, think that's, I think that's what God's asking of us, that we, we somehow consent to that. You know, we say, we're, we're doing this with you, God. Um, and, and maybe there's a, there's a chance to be transformed in how we're in it, you know, how we're just in it. Um, because mary doesn't just consent and bear it she dances in it she feels joy and um and i was thinking about this and i i don't think it's just a brave choice in how to respond um i think I think it might be part of the communication. You know, I think that's actually part of the experience that she has. The communication brings this sense of joy. She doesn't. She's not just putting on a brave face. And uh, so I wonder if there's a challenge to think about how God communicates to us, and also whose voices we listen to. Who who do we let tell us about God? We'll have the opportunity today to hear a song that's written by Elspeth. In Oslo she is um oh she's up there sorry. um and she's written about um about you know the God who takes us to the dance floor, you know, and she says she's you know shimmering you know and and this is this is someone expressing God for us this is a poet telling us who god is, mm-hmm. and um And there are all people, you know, there are all people all over the world who can tell us how God is. Some of us last week sang in our carol service, we sang gospel music, and gospel is a tradition of some of the people who have been through the most enormous hardship and the most oppression who found a way of singing joyfully in that, and that was the communication from God, that was God's presence within them, you know, and... um, At Ignatian prayer a couple of weeks ago some of us looked at a poem about the soul and it said that for the soul joy and sorrow are not opposites you know they can be united in the same thing and uh, yeah so i wonder if this is this is part of the the communication and of course there is a there's a there's a danger here and i am not at all wanting to glorify suffering as as this kind of attitude can be and there's suffering that's nothing to do with god and there's there are situations that can't no joy can be found in and um, yeah and there, there's that that's the times to stand at the cross as mary did too you know there, there there's times when there's nothing else to be done But there are a lot more situations in our life where perhaps, you know, there might be the opportunity to have a sandwich and get on with it or find someone new to play with. You know, there's a there's a range of things that we can get through and God to maybe just think about how God might be in them for us and how he might be um, communicating with us. So. uh, So that's your homework then for this week. This is why I asked you to think of that song. So our homework is, um, I'm inviting you to at some point between now and uh, New Year's Day, so a week and a bit, is um, to take time by yourself, or with another, it depends how brave you are, with another person of your life, but to take time for a kitchen disco. I would like you to have a kitchen disco, and I would like you to play your special song, and I would like you to think about what you are being asked to dance in at this time. What, uh, you know, where is the dance for you right now? Um, or looking at the last year or going into this new year. So that is your challenge. Thank you very much.
0: So we begin our prayers this morning with a prayer for the Holy Land. O God of all justice and peace, we cry out to you in the midst of the pain and the trauma of violence and fear which prevails in the Holy Land be with those who need you in these days of suffering. We pray for people of all faiths, for Jews, Muslims, and Christians, and for all the people of that land. We pray for the innocent women, the children, and men, enduring terror, starvation, and disease, that their cries for pity will be heard by those who persist in waging war. While we pray to you, O Lord, for an end to violence and the establishment of peace, we also call for you to bring justice and equity to the people. Guide us into your kingdom, where all people are treated with dignity and honour as your children, for to all of us, you are our heavenly parent. In Jesus' name we pray. So loving God, we join our prayers to those of Mary, your faithful servant and mother of Jesus, to proclaim your greatness and sing in thankfulness for all your wonderful gifts given to us. Be with us as we focus on the coming of your kingdom and the gift of your son this Christmas. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Mary prayed that the mighty be cast down from their thrones. We pray that those in power would use that power wisely and compassionately so that the lowly would be lifted up, the hungry fed, and greater equality be established between rich and poor. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Mary recognized your promise of mercy. God, we ask you to show your mercy on all who are sick, fearful, or in mourning. And we ask for your healing touch for them. Especially today, we pray for those members of our congregation, our families and friends who we now name before you. lord in your mercy hear our prayer we remember those people all over the world who are struggling with poverty illness grief or despair we ask you to look after them and give them the sense of your caring presence to uphold and sustain them and show us the way to help support them pour strength upon those who care for them God in your mercy hear our prayer holy one you sent to earth the gift of your son Jesus that in your power and love we might also have the gift of eternal life fill us with your grace and send us out to finish our advent journey filled with love joy and peace lord in your mercy hear our prayer god of hope as we approach the festival of christmas we praise and thank you for the way you surprise us with joy and show us the extraordinary and the wonderful in the ordinary things of life god of all hope and joy open our hearts to welcome anew your son jesus christ come lord jesus rule in our hearts our minds our actions our days and in our work amen gathering our prayers (coughs) and praises into one (coughs) let us pray the prayer that jesus gave us as we say together our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us do not bring us to the time of trial but deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever Amen.
1: Thank you, Cam, for those prayers and Sally for your reflection. Um, I've thought for a long time actually that uh, Protestant churches are kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater a little bit uh, with Mary and that that we do need a deeper theology of Mary would make uh, the church a healthier place and uh, you've given us lots to to think about. And I'm really pleased that my homework will be easy because we've moved our whole stereo system, all our records, from the living room into the kitchen. (laughs) So cooking dinner is one big dance song, but there's always an argument about what what is on the the, uh, stereo system. Uh, But I've got my song, so when I get home, I will be dancing. Receive communion. The Lord be with you. So with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us, Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Is right. you God, God, thanks and God of mystery known through the crucified, whose power refashions weakness and strength, whose presence is embodied through brokenness, we offer you awe and wonder. And with those who are broken by pain, with those exhausted by the struggle to conform, with those crippled by the insensitivity of others, with those not seen as a resource but only a concern, we bless the name of Jesus, bone of our bone, flesh of our flesh, whose brokenness and suffering made love real, who on the night he was betrayed took bread, gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood given for you. Do this whenever you drink it, in remembrance of me. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ redeems our stories. Therefore, as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we acknowledge brokenness as a path to truth. We long for the bread of tomorrow, eternally broken and so able to nourish. We long for the new wine of the kingdom and continuously poured out that thirst may be quenched. Make us one body in Christ, so that in the life of a broken church, the broken may lead us towards wholeness, the suffering show us a way to peace and the excluded teach us community. So all may receive the gifts to be found within the body of Christ. So send your Holy Spirit upon us and those at home and upon this bread and this wine that overshadowed by your life-giving power they may be the body and blood of your Son, and we may be kindled with the fire of your love. The living bread is broken for the life of the world. Lord, unite us in this hour. Draw near with faith, receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith and thanksgiving. Loving God, we thank you for feeding us with your body and your blood. And we thank you that you are a God of holy interruptions. And we ask that you would help us to trust in you. Trust that you have our well being in your heart. And trust in the bigger picture. And Lord, we ask that we, as we have fed on your body and blood, that we would be food for others as we leave this place. Ah. Amen.
5: We
1: had a baby.